0: Coming up on this month's episode of the Ad Sales Nation podcast, I'm going to share with you the 10 power words to use in sales. I mean, after all, what you say is what you're all about. So 10 power words you should be using in your presentations, uh, emails, and all that kind of stuff. Also, we got three great listener questions uh, coming in uh, this month. So we got Sarah from Minneapolis. Great question uh, about picking up the phone. Trevor from Dallas wants to know about building trust. And Alan from Tucson thinking about quitting sales and taking up a factory job. Nothing wrong with a factory job. But don't quit sales, Alan. Stick around. And, of course, we've got uh, Charity Huff that's going to be doing our advertising tech tip. And Mike Obert is going to be answering uh, those listener questions uh, from Open Look Business Solutions. All right, friends, stick around, stay close. It's all straight ahead on the Ad Sales Nation podcast.
1: From the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn.
0: All right, friends, if you live in the world of media sales, man, you have found the podcast for you. I don't actually think there is another podcast for you that's out there <laughs> in the media business right here at Ad Sales Nation. So, Deborah, thanks for that uh, great uh, introduction. So 10 power words to use in the sales business. Uh, Then we've got Charity Huff stopping by to give us our advertising tech tip of the month. And then Mike Obert from Open Look Business Solutions to answer those great listener questions. Now they say that there's power in the words that you use, and I would have to 1,000% agree with that. So doing some research for the show this month and doing some work with my customers, I thought, you know, what do people out there classify, experts and others? What do they classify as the top 20 power words to use in the sales business. So I looked at all kinds of blogs and looked at my own life and asked some of your fellow media sales experts, what words do you feel evoke emotion from people? Words that you can use that show a lot of power in sales. Let me share these with you, and I think you'll find them to be uh, really helpful. First word that always pops up, these are not necessarily uh, in order of importance, but um, first word that pops up is opportunity. Opportunity. I've got an opportunity that you'll not want to miss out on. I've got a great opportunity for you. I think that's a word that I would use quite a bit. Number two on the list, um, pretty good word, imagine. Imagine. And I love this word. I don't use it enough. Just imagine if you could see these results as well from your marketing campaign. I can't promise you that you'll be as successful as this particular business, but just imagine the possibilities. Um, I like that word. Imagine is power word number two. Power word number three, very important in the media sales business, value. Value. Do you find value in what it is that I've presented? Are you looking for an exceptional value? That word value. Now, I talk about value a lot, value-based selling. A lot of you, you're just selling. You're not helping your advertisers find the value in what you and your media products actually bring to the occasion. So value is an important word. Number four, concern. Now, this I do use a lot. and You should use it to concern. I have a concern. May I share with you why I'm concerned? Or I have a concern. May I share with you why? Or I'm concerned about what you're saying. May I share with you why I'm so concerned? It's a super powerful word. So if someone says, hey, I'm only doing digital. It's interesting you say that. I I have a a couple concerns. May I share them with you? And I've never had someone say, no, don't, don't give me your concerns, Ryan. Concern. I like that one a lot. Number five, you may not know this, but you probably have heard it, maybe. A person's name. Mentioning somebody's name is there's nothing better than hearing your name. Now, you don't want to overuse it. Hi, Bob. You know Bob. Bob. You know Bob. Bob. You know, you don't want to do that. But I notice even in my training when I'm on site, if I remember people's names and I use people's names, they really, really appreciate it. Now, you can go over the top with it, you know, obviously, so... We definitely don't want uh, to do that. Um, but, you know, I, I really love that. I really love to use people's names, and I think it's a very important piece uh, of the puzzle. Great, great power word. Number six, fear. The word is fear. My fear is that your absence is your competitor's opportunity. Fear. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I fear that you might be missing out on this. My fear is that your competition will sneak right in here behind you and buy this out. I like that word fear. It's a negative word though, so be careful about that one. Number seven, missing out. Kind of a phrase there, not a word. Missing out. I fear, oh, I fear. I fear you might be missing out on an amazing opportunity to grow your business. I think we're going to find that word amazing coming up too. I fear you might be missing out on an amazing opportunity to grow your business. You know, I look back at the phrases here, these first seven words I think you could you could use them all in kind of a, a sentence, you know? Just imagine this opportunity providing amazing value to you. I'm concerned I don't want you to miss out, Bob, on this. <laughs> so you can see how you can weave them all. Maybe play a game uh, with these. All right, number eight of 20, simple. The word is simple. Huh, that's a power word, huh? Simple. I have a simple yet effective way to get that done for you. Ooh, I like the word effective, too. I have a simple yet effective way to get that done for you. I think the reason that simple pulls up in the power word list for sales is because it's not used a lot. You need to keep things as simple as possible for people. Simple evokes simple. makes It's simple. So simple also sometimes means affordable. So be careful of that. Uh, number nine of 20, the word is unique. Ooh, be careful not to overuse this one. Unique. I have a unique opportunity you will want to hear about power word number 9 unique number 10 i like advantage advantage i feel this marketing idea will give you an advantage over your competition are you looking for an advantage what type of advantage can i bring to this equation or to this table i think you know that's a that's a good one so opportunity imagine value concern name somebody's name fear missing out simple unique advantage or the top, top 10 there of those 20 power words. So, hey, let's take a real quick break um, so that uh, we can pay some bills over here. And I'm going to give you this last 10 before we get onto our Advertising tech tip. How does that? Uh, how does that sound? So right after this break, uh, we'll get through eleven through twenty of these sales power words that you should be using each and every day. So all right, more great fun straight ahead here on the Ad Sales Nation podcast. We'll be right back in thirty seconds.
1: The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit. You can find out more at JanuarySpring.com. That's JanuarySpring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and Ad Sales Nation podcast is the Magazine Manager and the Newspaper Manager. This publishing CRM offers sales, billing, production, and marketing in one integrated package. Learn more online at magazinemanager.com or newspapermanager.com. OpenLook Business Solutions, offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection, audits, sales, telemarketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Now, back to the Ad Sales Nation podcast with your host, Ryan Dorn. Thanks, Deborah
0: thanks everybody for letting me pay a couple bills there. I'd be a pretty bad sales coach if I didn't have some sponsors in my podcast, right? (laughs) All right. So we covered opportunity, imagine value, concern, a person's name, fear, missing out, simple, unique, and advantage. Uh, Power word number 11. By the way, these aren't necessarily in any order of power. They're just 20 uh, power words. Number 11, amazing. The word is amazing. Now this one, I think you could probably overuse so you want to kind of be careful about that. Well, this is amazing. What an amazing opportunity. So I think amazing and unique. You want to be kind of careful about because I notice everybody says we have such a unique media opportunity. This opportunity is amazing. You know, so be kind of careful uh, about that. I think this um, you know will be an amazing impact on your business. I think this is an amazing marketing option that you should potentially be considering. Okay, number twelve. The word is avoid. The word is avoid. It popped up on every list. So you might say something like, I hear what you're saying, but I help my clients avoid situations like this. Um, avoid is a strong word. It's a, very, it's a stopper. When someone says avoid, it makes you kind of pay attention for a brief second. And that's why I think the word uh, is, is powerful. Number 13 on the list of 20 power words, the word is first. The word is first. You were the first people I called about this. Do you want to be first on this list? I think this is an opportunity to put you right at the front so you can be first in people's minds. So I like the word first. It's, it's not a word that I use a lot, but it resonates with people because it's a winning word. It's a power word. It's a winning word. The word is first. Number 14, I like this word, fix. Fix. Now that's a problem facing your business that I can fix. I believe I have a way to fix that. What problems can I help you fix? It's a word that is not... I don't hear it very often, to be honest. The word fix. I don't think it's negative. I think it's a positive. It's a simple word that just means, hey, I can solve that for you. Ooh, solve. Is that on the list? I don't see it, but that's a good one too. So if you don't use fix, you could use use solve. Now, number 15 is a powerful word. However, you want to be careful about it, especially in the media sales business. Free. The word is free. Free. Now, free evokes a lot of emotion out of people because we're dealing with a lot of folks that are quite honestly just a bunch of cheapskates. Um, free is the word. What do you offer for free to your customers? If I say that to people when they say, well, you know, Ryan, if you could just write an article about us or feature us on that TV show, uh, we'd love to run advertising with you. So you want me to do something for free. What do you offer for free to your customers? <laughs> now, you could say, we have a free way to get that done for you. Um, just as an example, uh, one of the publishers I've worked with, uh, for quite some time will say, we don't charge you for the video we're going to shoot at that trade show. That part of it is free. What we charge you for is the promotion around that video, what we're going to do with the video. So the video production is actually free. Now be careful friends with the word free because it can very often really get, uh, overused. All right. Number 16 of 20, save. Save. Save is a strong word now, so be careful. I have a way to save you money. I have a way to save you time. There's two things. If you can save somebody money and you can save them time, you're going to be somebody's hero. So the word save, I think, is uh, is important. All right, number 17, power word of 20, partnership. I want to create a long-term partnership with you. Now, somebody recently was like, you know, Ryan, that word partnership is really, really overused. I think you feel like it's overused because you hear it in sales land all the time. I don't hear normal people talking about partnerships. So um, because of that, I think that partnership is a great word. We'd love to form a partnership with you to help you grow your business. We want to be partners um, in this. Now, someone the other day had a valid point, though. They said, Ryan, partnership implies I'm going to give, you're going to give. In the advertising business, we're going to be their partner because they pay us to be their partner. Well, I mean, I understand that point, but partnerships aren't always free. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of work on both sides. So their work is to pay the bill. Our work is to deliver the media product. So it can be uh, a good partnership. All right, number eighteen. I like this word turnkey. It by the way it is one word turnkey. What we're offering to you is a one hundred percent turnkey media solution you don't have to do anything you pay the bill you sign the check it's turnkey we will handle everything from ad design creative launching the whole deal like if you're selling programmatic which we're gonna be talking to our advertising tech wizard here charity huff from january spring here coming up next uh, turnkey is something that's vividly important for people to understand in selling and buying programmatic it's confusing as heck now, we get it in the ad sales land, but most advertisers don't get it. So turnkey is something that makes people feel better. It's turnkey. All right, 19 of 20. The word is quality. Okay, the word is quality. I think it's a very, very strong word. Now, you want to use it carefully because not everything is brings quality <laughs> to the occasion. So you want to be careful with that. We have a solution, a high-end solution um, that is more about quality than it is quantity. Um, in today's media business, you know, small is the new big. The smaller the list, the better the list, the higher quality the list. It's more of a quality game than a quantity game. Now, maybe you don't follow me on this. What I'm saying is I'd rather have 500 perfect emails to market to than 5000 sort of okay emails that I can just send out an email and spray and pray. I don't I don't like that technique. So we need to be talking about the quality of a readership. Let's just say you're in the newspaper business and you've gone from 10,000 to 5000 readers in your town. Well, you've I mean if they've stuck around, they're quality people. They've stuck around for a reason. And so I think it's important to point that out so that word is is quality. Now, last but definitely definitely not least is a word that I love. Let me give you a little clue here and see if you can if you can figure it out. It starts with a W. It's a four-letter word. It's a clean word. Four-letter word. <laughs> it ends with the word letter E. Four letters. W something something E. You know what it is? Wise. The word is wise. Power word number 20 is wise. There is almost no word in my opinion that I get a better reaction from people when I use that word. You're making a wise decision. That is a very wise thing to observe. You know, I don't hear people that make that wise of an observation. That's a very wise observation. Now, obviously, you know, you can overuse the word, but it is a strong emotional word that lets people know, wow, you really think something of what they're saying, or you're really reaffirming that they've made a very wise decision. So as you look across these words, I mean, there's thousands of words out there in the English language. These just happen to be the 20 that I see most often on power word lists. Opportunity, imagine, value, concern. A person's name, man, that's great. Fear, watch out for that one. Missing out, simple, unique, advantage, amazing. Avoid, first, I like that one. Fix, I love the word fix. I'm gonna use it a bunch of times today in my active selling. Free, careful about that one. I don't give away anything for free anymore. Save. That's great. Partnership. I like it. Turnkey. This is a turnkey solution. I love that one. Quality. And I love the word wise. So which one do you like the best? Pick one of those words. Put it into action today and understand people can tell the intelligence of the person they're talking to by the words, by the phrases that they use, expand your vocabulary, and think about these 10 top 20 power words. Use them in your emails, use them in your presentations. Extend your vocabulary and find a word there on this list that you don't use often and weave it in to a conversation uh, today. All right, that's the top 20 power words to use in the sales business. And up next, we'll have Charity Huff from January Spring. So we'll pay a couple of bills and uh, sell a couple of commercials to you. And We'll be back with Charity Huff from January Spring. She's up next here on the Ad Sales Nation podcast. We'll be back in 30 seconds.
1: The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit you can find out more at januaryspring.com that's januaryspring.com the official CRM tool of brainswell media and ad sales nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager this publishing CRM offers sales billing production and marketing in one integrated package learn more online at magazinemanager.com or newspapermanager.com openlook business solutions offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection audits sales Sales, telemarketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Now, back to the Ad Sales Nation podcast with your host, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans,
0: as you know, one of my favorite parts of the show each and every month is when we all get to chat with my friend, Charity Huff from January spring. And um, Charity, I love these tech tips. People tell me on the road all the time, like, oh, I heard you talk to Charity about that. So I hope when you're out on the road, you're getting some some positive feedback from all your contributions here to the show.
2: We do. We feel the love. Thank you. Yeah,
0: that's great. And I also enjoyed Vegas when I saw you there. So we need to go back to Vegas very soon.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> hey, um, I'm wondering when people are selling programmatic or kind of when they're selling anything, I'm wondering if you've noticed out on the street, are there certain things That your customers, uh, meaning publishers, media companies, are there things that they're doing and saying that are helping kind of move the conversation forward in a very positive way?
2: Yeah, you know, one of the things that I've seen as a pretty consistent theme, as we've rode with reps and, and been on sales calls this summer, is that when we start describing the power of geofencing and being so targeted in that audience group that you're bringing the message to, that uh, when they when we start talking about uh, events and festivals and you know mm-hmm. food fests and all of the things that are happening in their community that are a perfect place to bring their message forward, they get super excited and start jotting down the places and the things that they're like, I know this is where my customers are gonna be over the next couple of months.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. And I wonder if the uh, media companies maybe are not recognizing that there's two sides to this. Programmatic, for example, if you um, have, uh, we wanna promote yourself as a magazine or media company or newspaper company, whatever. You can geofence events either of yours or your competition or concerts or whatever yep. and then serve your advertising as a media company to those to those folks. And then conversely to that or on the other side of that, I've got a client uh, in the south that has a recreation – Parks and Rec is a big client. Park and Rec, they want to geofence events and parks and things like that because they want to serve their park and recreation information. Um, to those advertisers. So I think it works both ways.
2: It, it does. That makes good sense. And, you know, I'll give you another example. Uh, a business journal client of ours just did their big executive leadership conference, and we always look at event marketing as pre, during, and post. And mm-hmm. so during the event... We captured all of the devices of the folks that were attending that event and then have a whole other campaign and program built to promote their next series, their speaker series coming up this fall. So that they're already kind of building in the next attendees list for their next event. So, yeah, it works both for you as a publisher to promote your own events and then to go target other events in order to promote yourself too. I love it.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. Now just, you know, taking one quick step back for those of you that are not really understanding what we're talking about. um, Let me just break it down for you very, very, very simply. Um, Let's just say that as a media company, um, you have a promotion that you're running. Say you're working with our friends over at Second Street Media, and you are doing, you know, sort of a, if you will, let's just say, um, you know, an uh, ugliest bathrooms contest, just as an example. <laughs> and let's say that you uh, know in your town, that's not related to you, but there's a home and garden show happening in your town. You can then go and geofence the the center or the conference center or the arena or whatever, where that home and garden show is at. Any user, any citizen that walks inside of that arena um, January Springs going to capture that ID, and then you're mm-hmm. able to serve that ugliest bathroom promotion. That's kind of funny. Ugliest bathroom promotion to any of those devices when they're on the Fox News app or the Weather Channel app or Word with Friends. You can serve those promotions to those people, and your customers can do the exact same thing. So, Charity, how did I do describing that?
2: <laughs> A plus. Kay. Yes, perfect.
0: So, but then it also leads us to case studies and success stories. So talk more about that because I know that you're big on using success stories and case studies to sell programmatic advertising.
2: Yeah. I mean, we were trained by the best, right, Ryan? And we follow your prescription exactly. And having success stories as part of the show and tell when you're presenting to a new advertiser Typically seals the deal because you 've already got them excited about what they can do and how they can target a really specific audience and then when you show them somebody else that has had success doing that and the fact that not only can you track the impressions and the click through rate but because of this geofencing technology you can draw a conversion zone around the physical business and show them how many people saw the ad and then came to your storefront mm-hmm. came to your place of business that's to me is um, kind of that end-to-end s- selling.
0: Yeah, that's great. Now, I wonder what you're seeing. So we have um, some mutual clients in the B2B media space. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a lot of consumer clients um, that are in local you know markets and things like that. I'm noticing that um, in the B2B space, we're kind of selling on small is the new big because the numbers that's on the right. reporting are, are a little bit smaller. So we're selling Um, a quality impression over a large quantity of impressions on the B2B side. Are you seeing that on the consumer side or is it different?
2: I am starting to see that shift on the consumer side as well because an advertiser as they get more sophisticated, they're looking for results. So they don't want to necessarily cast as wide of a net. They want to target the right audience. And what I am seeing, and I know you're seeing this in the B2B space, is that the the value goes up. So the CPMs go up mm-hmm. and and the uh, retail rate goes up on the B2C side too.
0: Right. No, that's excellent. And then some of you, especially those of you in the B2B business, you have proprietary information on your readers, that you can use to be able to do do geo-fencing and mapping. For example, if you have business addresses of your readers, if you have um, location information of events, all that data, I like to say, um, Charity, um, to a client, to an advertiser, we have proprietary business information that helps us even uh, create even better programmatic campaigns. Um, I think that's a smart way to do it, what do you think?
2: I think it's the right way to do it. And I think that's where uh, we will see this next evolution of digital advertising is that it's going to be smaller, more targeted audience that have a higher value to the advertiser. So you're right on.
0: No, that's absolutely great. Well, Charity, I appreciate you coming on the show um, each and every month and giving us some more tidbits and friends. um, If you've got questions uh, for Charity and if you want to find out more about January, spring, um, where do they go online, Charity? How do they get a hold of you?
2: JanuarySpring.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks, That's, Ryan.
0: Yeah, no, it's my absolute pleasure. And thanks for thanks for being here. All right, friends, one of my favorite part of the podcast each and every month is when Mike Obert uh, from Open Look Business Solutions joins me and we answer all your listener questions. By the way, thanks so much for sending in those listener questions. We, um, we really like it. Um, Mike, you know, as a matter of fact, you're becoming so popular that I actually have uh, the first question from Sarah, it even is addressed to Hi Ryan and Mike. So. <laughs> oh,
3: that's nice. That's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. So your, thing.
0: your popularity is, uh, is growing. So we've got three questions joined
3: um, by one, yeah. joined by one, Ryan.
0: <laughs> one listener sure. at a time. Yeah. Uh, Sarah from Minneapolis, Trevor from Dallas, Alan, uh, from, from Tucson. But, um, yeah, you know, Mike, as a, as a business owner, I know that you get hit up by salespeople all the time and that's really one of the reasons I'd love for you to do this. And also, you know, you've got. Uh, you know, twenty plus years in the sales business, and I think that's uh, that's great as well. So, all right, here we go. Uh, Sarah from Minneapolis, first question addressed to Ryan and Mike. Hi, Ryan and Mike. This is a good one. No one picks up their phone anymore. I mean, no one! Exclamation point. So, why do you keep teaching people to pick up the phone? I argue about this with my sales manager daily. It is such a waste of time. Either convince me or stop telling my boss to tell me to pick up the phone. <laughs> please, please. So um, Sarah, good question. And I can tell you're a little irritated um, by the advice we're giving. So we're not just a couple of old sales guys. We're actively selling uh, every day. So anyway, Mike, what's your thought? Why should Sarah pick up the phone?
3: Uh, Sarah, great question. I think the best place to overcome objections, to find out what a customer is thinking, what do they want is either in person or on the phone. Um, Mm -hmm. I just don't think emails or text messages, uh, get the full understanding of what a customer is looking for and what they want.
0: Right. Right. And, you know, Sarah, you might be talking about voicemails, getting so many people, people's voicemails. And Mike, I use the voicemail to drive people to the emails that I've sent. So I'll say, hi, Mike, um, just sent you an email about such and such Uh, Look for the subject line, you know, red monkey or (laughs) whatever. And, you uh, you know, and um, any update on that would be appreciated. So I use the voicemail to remind people of the email that I've sent. But then I also saw research from Grasshopper that says you're 10 times more likely to have a serious conversation uh, with people on the phone, a serious sales conversation. So um, I'd agree with that. Hey, Mike, the people that are calling in you. Do you feel like, are there voicemails that they leave? Are they effective or are people just not leaving voicemails anymore?
3: I think most people are not leaving voicemails anymore. I do agree with you. I will listen to voicemails and find out what somebody is calling me about. Um, also, another technique that that I've been using as well, even on cold calling, is sending out meeting requests. hmm to try and get that phone call set for a specific time. Right. So it's not a whole lot of smiling and dialing and, and just trying to get people to pick up the, the phone, but also trying to set those specific times so that somebody will pick up the phone and will have a call with you.
0: Right. And and also, Sarah, voicemail, if that's all that you're getting, perhaps um, voicemail, it allows you to share your charisma about your product. It allows you for people to hear your bright, shiny voice that you sound excited about the product, and so don't give up on, uh, on picking up that, picking up the phone. And I think that your boss is right, and we actively sell ourselves, our products, et cetera, Sarah, so we're not just a couple of old-school sales guys um, here. No,
3: yeah, no, no, I agree with that. Every top salesperson that I know lives and dies by the phone.
0: Right, yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, good question, Sarah. Um, next question, uh, Trevor uh, from Dallas. Um, Ryan, I'm new to the sales game. I'm feeling like a lot of clients are just not trusting me, so I'm guessing Mikey's probably um, young when he says new to the sales game. Probably new to the probably new to the business. Any thoughts on building that trust? Um, what do you think, Mike? What for Trevor? What are some thoughts on building trust with people when you're significantly younger than the person you're calling on?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think that doing some pre-call pre-call work and trying mm-hmm. to find out mm-hmm. a little bit more about that customer or that business, um having some ideas or advice of other customers that you're working with and what they're doing uh will help build that trust. Um but I mean also, you know, you're you're trying to make that advertiser uh that owner of a business or or that marketing person a hero within the company. So you try and, and do everything that they can, that you can to help them with whatever their sales objectives are.
0: Yeah, right on. I mean, I like um, LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn every day. I recently just – one of my clients, her name is um, Diane, um, and um, her she just – I mean, she lives on LinkedIn. And I love it. Now, friends, you don't have to pay for Sales Navigator to get real great use out of LinkedIn. If you do, I mean, that's great. It's a great help. But just knowing where somebody went to college, maybe there's a connection point, um, knowing yeah. where – Uh, You know, what groups somebody is in looking at where they've worked previously, because, you know, you might have some type of connection there. Um, Go to their company Facebook page, prove that you've done some some research now. You know, Trevor, you don't want to be a know it all. Um, That's there's nothing more annoying than that. But now I have a thought here, Mike. I'm curious what you what you think of this. What if Trevor was just to be meeting with somebody that's older than him and just flat out admit, um, you know, hey, I don't I don't you know, I don't come and stand before you today. Um, you know, thinking that I know everything. Um, This is the research that I've done. Love to learn some more from you. Do you you feel like could that be helpful just by kind of conceding your youngness? Yep,
3: Yep, absolutely. I think that's a great thing of not trying to come across, like you said, as a know-it-all, but more of, hey, let let me tell you what I know about the market. And man, by all means, I would love to learn more about what you know, you know, Mr. Customer, Um, so that, that could even help you with your other sales calls.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Trevor, don't forget, you know, so Mike and I are on the flip side. So you're dealing with people older than you. We're a lot of times dealing with people that are younger than us. So we've got a same, same kind of fight on our side. And that is, you know, how to, how do we not come across as being the old sales guy, so to speak? You know, um, we're not old Mike by any means, but (laughs) how do we come across as not being like disconnected from technology or disconnected from you know, the the things that are shiny and, you know, and kind of new um, yeah, a, exactly. in life. The struggle is real, Trevor. The struggle is real. Um, good question. All right, Alan from Tucson. Hi, Ryan. I'm 45 years old. I'm feeling really burned out on sales. Um, I'm thinking of just getting a factory job and quitting this sales game. Why do you feel that personal one-on-one sales is still a viable part of the business plan? And what can I do to reignite uh, my sales fire. Good question, Alan. And, and I, I don't know, Mike, how you feel about this in general, but every day for me is not a good day in sales land. Like I don't wake up every morning and say, man, can't wait to sell something, you know, today. <laughs> I um, agree
3: with you. Uh, I relate I related almost back to like major league baseball, like to be a successful major league baseball player, you're going to be, you're going to get out what 80% of the time, Mm -hmm. 75% of the time, Mm -hmm. if you're really good, you know, you're going to be successful only 30% of the time.
0: Um,
3: and I think sales is kind of the same way of like, it's not easy. And a lot of people think, Hey, sales is an easy job and it's not Mm -hmm. an easy job. I mean, you, you really have got to grind and work and, and get better and, and get training and do all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a tough racket. Also recognize that while there's absolutely nothing wrong with a factory job, one of my very best friends is super creative, was on the radio, and just made a decision, a life choice. He just said, you know what, I want to punch a clock 9 to 5, and then I know that when that company calls me, they're offering me overtime. He said, I just don't want to do this anymore. But then he tells me about the unique challenges that come with with that side of things. So a lot of times I'll tell people, you know, the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence. And then you get over there and you realize that, I mean, that grass has got to be mowed <laughs> just as much exactly. as yours does. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah
3: well, and also, I mean, in those, the, the job that you're talking about, or you're describing, you know what you're going to get paid each week in sales. You know, if you work a little bit harder, or if you put in a little bit more extra time, you're going to make more money. You're, you have the ability to change what your income is on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis, uh, just by, you know, selling more and making more commissions.
0: Right. So I wouldn't, you know, um, for me, Alan, I wouldn't get out of the sales game. Now you could consider maybe taking a break from it and doing something else for, for a little while, but I would look and find what, what about sales is it that you love now? I mean, maybe you need to switch companies. Maybe what you're selling, you're just tired of selling, find the joy that some, um, you know, that's, that's there. But then also there there are offline things, things that don't relate to work that I like to do that I couldn't do if I wasn't in sales. So maybe you want to donate more to to charity. Maybe you want to go on fancier vacations, those type of things. You may or may not be able to do those kind of things with a standard 9 to 5 type of job because you just wouldn't make as much money. Now, not in all circumstances, um, but just kind of think about what are things you love to do outside of work that without the sales job you couldn't do. And then also, maybe there's some other roles within your company, you know, that maybe you could be a a part of. Maybe there's, uh, maybe you can work in the marketing department more. Maybe you can do more customer service and less sales. If you love the company, just go to your boss and be honest. Hey, I'm getting a little, uh, you know, I'm just getting a little burnt out. Mike, do you feel like selling every day? I mean, do you wake up and you're like, yeah, every day?
3: <laughs> uh no, you know what? Sometimes I even try to work the opposite way of like, man, I don't want to come across to some people and my customers as being, oh, here comes that sales guy again. So I'll I'll even go, you know, the opposite approach sometimes, like, hey, I'm gonna have a call with somebody and I'm not gonna talk about selling today. I'm just gonna talk about something that's going on in the market or talk about, hey, I know you're a big Dallas Cowboy fan. Let's talk about the Cowboys, right? And stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I I don't want to be, uh, you know, just uh, pegged as, Hey, this is a sales guy and he's going to try and sell me, sell me something again. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, no, to answer your question is like, yeah, some days I wake up and I'm like, yeah, the last thing I want to do is jump on the phone today. Right. Um, but I mean, I I think that's with probably with every career.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. You got to do it.
3: Probably, yeah, probably a heart surgeon doesn't wake up every day going like, Hey, I want to, I want to do surgery again today.
0: Right. You would just get burned out. You get tired. Now, keep in mind, though, Alan, I mean, sales is sales pretty much. So you could switch sales jobs and find some other joy. So you might be able to say, hey, I want to use my sales skills um, to raise money for a nonprofit part time. Or you could say, hey, I'm going to go and get into the car business or I'm going to go and get into real estate. You know, Mike, we have both seen people um, in our lives that have gone from like media sales or software sales, have become realtors and love it. Um, they've gone and uh, started working for hotels and selling there and they love it. So sometimes Alan, it might not be abandoning sales, but just finding a different sales gig. I'm sure your boss doesn't want me to say that, but. Could be?
3: <laughs> There's some publisher right now in Tucson, Arizona, going right. like, Ryan, don't leave <laughs> me. <this." laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, good questions from Sarah. Trevor we will send a, a T-shirt your way. Thanks for those questions. And friends, um, you can always send your questions anytime to Ryan at RyanDorn.com. My last name is D-O-H-R-N, Ryan at RyanDorn.com. Uh, dot com. So thanks, Mike, for uh, for throwing your, uh, you know, your information and your ideas uh, into the into the middle here as well. Hey, what's going on at Open Look? You guys have any cool projects you're uh, you're working on?
3: Oh, absolutely. Thank, and Ryan, I, I enjoy this, too. Uh, this is one of my favorite times of the month is getting to spend a couple minutes with you. Awesome. Um, the uh, couple things that we've got going on uh, at Open Look is uh, we have been doing some tier one, tier two customer service or customer support for some of our customers and it's, you know, basically just answering some basic questions. um, And if those turn into sales or or whatever, we're passing that on to their sales team. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, we're making sure that we're getting to all the customers um, that a uh, particular company uh, needs, uh, questions answered for so. And we've been doing also, Ryan, some basic Salesforce uh, administration. We've got a team right now that, is doing some customer some customer support for uh, Salesforce. So anyways, yeah, y'all give me a call if you guys need any type of telemarketing projects or graphic design projects. Uh, we're here and ready to work.
0: Yeah, so uh, open-look.com uh, is where you can find Mike, yeah. open-look.com. And, and uh, Mike, thanks so much for uh, spending a couple minutes and uh, answering questions. And Sarah, thanks so much for calling Mike out in your question because it makes him feel really important. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it makes me feel really important.
0: Excellent. All right, thanks, Mike.
3: All right. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it.
0: All right, friends. That is the podcast for the Ad Sales Nation here. For this particular month, we've got another great one coming up on nine ways to avoid the summer sales slump. So stick around and stay close for that. It'll automatically play uh, when we're done with this. For more information on how I can come in and train your teams or what we can do to help you, visit us over at 360adsales.com. Again, that's 360 adsales.com. If you've got questions, drop me an email, ryan at ryandorn.com. D-O-H-R-N, ryan at ryandorn.com. Always happy to help you in your first 30 minutes with me Uh, on the phone. is always absolutely free of charge. All right, friends, remember if ad sales was easy, everybody be doing it and they're not. So we're either crazy, (laughs) which is possible, or we found a career that will feed our families for a lifetime. All right, God bless you. Get out there and sell something on the street, and we'll see you next month in the Ad Sales Nation podcast. Another podcast coming straight ahead, so stick around and
1: stay close for that. Take care, friends.